0: hi friends today we are going to talk about a different way to look at anxiety so a few weeks ago i went to charleston and did this conference where a bunch of different shows came and we met all these people and it was awesome and there was a concert at the end of the event and i a few days later was looking back at the footage of the concert and realizing oh my gosh that was one of my biggest triggers is being trapped in a crowd or just being trapped in general and it didn't even cross my mind. And so because of all this mindset work that I've done and because of all of the you know, books that I've read and all the things that I've done about this, my curiosity was piqued and I wanted to know why it was because I think when we look at these isolated events, we can look at a bigger pattern or we can put them together to see a bigger pattern. And so I'm looking at these videos that my mom sent. So the concert was um, at night and she, you know, we went together we had the VIP ticket, so we had seats. But um, when Tyler Posey came on, I made friends with the person next to me and we ran up to the front. And my mom stayed back in the seats, which still wasn't that far back, but she stayed back in the seats and took a video. And so from my perspective, all I'm seeing, I was one person away from the stage. And so I was like up against the railing at some points and I didn't realize how many people were behind me. So then when I saw her videos, I realized that I was in this crowd I mean I could feel them like bumping against me but I realized how big the crowd was behind me and I was just so blown away with how little anxiety I mean no anxiety whatsoever when that is one of my top and biggest triggers it was just so interesting and then I thought back to the rest of the weekend how I had to change my flight last minute so I was gonna have to be in a middle seat at some point which I didn't end up having to do but I was fine with it and that's again one of my biggest triggers Triggers trapped in a row trapped in a you know airplane all of that and I was like what was it about this that was putting me in these situations that I typically have anxiety around that it wasn't having anxiety what was it and what I came up with was excitement it was excitement and I've always heard that anxiety and excitement are two sides of the same coin And that never really resonated with me because I was like, no, because I'm anxious about this doctor's appointment. I'm not excited to go to the doctor. It doesn't make sense to me. Now I understand that there is situational anxiety to where, you know, like, okay, I'm waiting to hear back about this job or I am waiting to hear from the doctor or something like that where anxiety is you know that's it's going to be there and there's no real you know maybe the job thing can have excitement there but um you know it's it's a situational thing that once it's over once you hear from the doctor the anxiety from that situation goes away when we're talking about generalized anxiety which is what I have it is present in your entire life and so it's more prevalent when you are doing you know certain things when there's triggers whatever and so for me what I realized was I actually just had to look at things as exciting and I just had to get myself excited about everything and anything that I could. And that excitement inherently living in my body decreased my anxiety, not excitement specifically about anything, but just excitement in general about life, just a higher level of curiosity, excitement, enjoyment, Joy, all of that, just raising that in my body, period, not about a situation, just raising it period, was what was helping me because the truth is, at that event, I had all of these different experiences, I did the meet and greets, I did the photos, I did this, I did that, and I loved them all, and I some of them I had I have such fond and great memories from because I learned so much in them, but really, I kept saying it's the whole event, it's the whole thing, it's the whole thing, that's what I kept saying and Now I look back and I think that's actually what it was. I was really excited to see the concert, but I was in such a state of excitement in general about life, about possibility. I was looking at all of these panels going like, I could do that. I could see myself doing that, or I could see myself asking these questions, or I could see myself like I was just in a higher state of excitement period, not specifically, I'm nervous about the concert. I mean, no, I'm going to say I'm excited about the concert. Okay, now the anxiety has gone. It wasn't really that path, which is what I kept thinking people meant when they said anxiety and excitement are the same thing. Um, It's more just living in a state of excitement and then anxiety just doesn't have space there anymore. The other thing that came to mind for me was I, so maybe three, four years ago, I stopped drinking alcohol and I did it for two years straight. I didn't have any alcohol I had very little caffeine and I was examining the way that it impacted my body, my nervous system, my social interactions, all of that. And what I noticed, I assumed that I would stop or I was, I assumed that my social situations would change a little bit because I wasn't like going to grab a glass of wine with a friend or going to do like, there's some social situations in which alcohol is very baked into. And so I thought, okay, maybe my social situations are going to change because of that and what i realized was they didn't change because of that they changed because when i was sober i didn't want to hang out at a dingy bar at 10:30 p.m. anymore my priorities changed my i was awake more like not physically but in my i was more conscious of what i was doing and so i didn't my my standards changed in the ways that i wanted to interact with the world changed and it wasn't because I didn't have a drink in my hand it was because I was aware more and I was thinking man these conversations aren't doing it for me anymore I don't want to have these same conversations over and over again I don't want to go to this place and do this thing anymore because I can't numb myself anymore so when I became present a lot of my a lot of things in my life started to shift because of that and what I'm starting to theorize is that anxiety real anxiety anxiety that is just eating away at our soul and our stomach and just that you know that pit in your stomach anxiety what if that is like our alert system what if that's like the inflammation or the indigestion of our nervous system what if that is just telling us this situation is not for you it's a flag being thrown on the play What if we looked at anxiety in that way when it's true anxiety? Because again, there's situational anxiety and there's generalized anxiety. So when we just are living in a higher state of anxiety all the time and we try to take that advice, then we wouldn't do anything, right? We'd say, well, I'm anxious all the time, so I'm not going to do anything. But if we can replace that anxiety and live in a higher state of excitement and joy and all of that, replace that anxiety, and then when true anxiety comes in, that pit in the stomach feeling when that comes in what if we can examine that and say hmm maybe something is actually off here maybe we can start to really trust this system that is built into our body and was built into our body for a reason maybe we can do that and that will start to be the flags on the play for us to know hey this job isn't serving me anymore this relationship isn't serving me anymore. and this situation might not be safe where I am might not be safe if we can start to actually listen to our body that is the hardest thing about anxiety I've said this over and over and over the hardest thing about anxiety is that it breaks your trust with your body because you are constantly being told hey we're having a heart attack hey I can't breathe and those things aren't true so when you stop listening to the signals from your body consistently over time then your body it's just like there's a complete disconnect because you can't trust the signals that your body is sending but what if We can pull ourselves out of that space and then when our body sends signals, we can actually listen to them. My therapist calls it putting out the fire and then dealing with the smoke. She she was specifically talking about medication because I was talking about medication with her, but we have to put out the fire of the, the general anxiety. We have to put out the fire and then we can deal with the smoke in the room and then we can deal with what we're looking at in situation after situation. It's just we have to take that excitement level. And this is what's working for me. We have to take that excitement level and allow it to dampen the fire and allow it to take away the generalized anxiety. And then we can see, oh, okay. There's actual like, okay. It was the toaster that was on fire, right? You can't see anything when you're in a room that is just covered in smoke, right? But if you can, if you can take away what's happening, like the the big general thing, and then you can isolate that's I mean, that's where therapy work comes in, that's where medication comes in, that's where meditation comes in, that's where all these things come in and, and are at play, but if we can do that, it was just, it was such an interesting experience for me to retroactively go back and look and be like, wow, why was I not triggered here? The other thing I will note is I've been experimenting more with fasting, intermittent fasting, and they are coming out with studies now that say intermittent fasting can be fantastic for anxiety. And so that's just something to note too. I, I was in such a like, I don't recommend this. I will say this. I, will, I don't recommend this. And I also, if you have struggled with eating disorders in the past, um, talk to your doctor before you do anything that I'm about to say. But I really was just so excited and so like on such a high that I forgot to eat. And I don't just mean like lunch. I mean, I ate dinner and then the next day at probably midnight, I had half a bag of popcorn. Like that was, I was just, and I was not hungry. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait a little bit. It wasn't, I'm nervous that I'm going to do this or that. It was, I was so excited and so on cloud nine that I just straight up forgot to eat. And I am seeing now these studies come out that say that intermittent fasting can be great for anxiety. Maybe that played a piece in it. I also fast when I travel. And so the day before I had traveled and I had fasted most of the day. And then the day after um, we did have breakfast and I like made myself sit down and eat half of an omelet and some bacon because I was like, all right, like, you know, you, you always want to be sure that you're at least giving your body nutrients. I'm not saying don't eat. Um, but if you have an intentional intermittent fasting schedule that you can follow, or if that feels right or aligned to you, do your research, talk to your doctor, but that is something that they're saying is helping anxiety. And so that was also at play in the concert. And in that experience, I was just like on a full excitement level so much so that I forgot to eat. And so this is just something that I've been playing with. I think it maybe is helpful for you just to listen to and start to notice for yourself, like, Am I just really anxious in this situation? Because maybe it's not a good situation for me to be in. You know, maybe when you like when I stopped drinking and I like kind of got aware to what it was, that's kind of like us stopping the generalized anxiety and getting aware to where we are. If we can, because generally, generalized anxiety is just like completely disorienting. And so we can't see up and down or left and right. But if we can take that away. And if we can just see into the space and be like, okay, this is what's actually happening. Maybe anxiety really is like the indigestion of our nervous system. Maybe it really is a sign that you ate something bad or you're in the bad spot. You're in the wrong spot. I know I have struggled a lot with this because I I make decisions and I made a lot of decisions in my early 20s, late high school, early 20s, where I made them somewhat in survival mode because I was... Moving around a lot. I was in between jobs here and there. I was working for a company and it got sold, and then I was working for another company and they got bought, and it was just, you know, thing after thing after thing. And I was in these apartments and I was going back and forth, and I didn't feel safe or settled. I felt safe, like in that, you know, it wasn't like I was in crappy areas, but I just didn't feel rooted. And so I made a lot of decisions out of survival mode and out of a a place of like clinging to something. And now as I'm coming out of that and as I am doing a lot of therapy and deep work, I'm realizing that some of the decisions that I made, you know, about college or about whatever, some of the decisions that I made weren't, aren't really actually aligned with where I am today. And I've felt bad about that. I have felt like, oh man, I've wasted all this money on this thing or I bought this thing or I did this or I did that because, you know, I, I made these decisions and now here I am, reversing them or or wishing I did something different or whatever. But the truth is we make decisions with the information that we have at the time and with the bandwidth that we have at the time. And when we heal and when we grow, we have different information and we're in a different state of mind. That old saying that you can't make um you can't solve a problem in the same mindset that you created the problem in is very true. When we, when we decide something, when we commit to something, when we do something, we are doing it in a state of mind that we have built up to that point in our body and in our space. And we are doing it with the information that we have available to us today. Now, I don't think we should just go out and break all of our commitments and make commitments with the intention of breaking them. But if we go into a space of healing and growth and moving forward and up leveling and we're producing things and we're being great in society and we are creating things and we're stepping into our full space and if things don't align with that anymore things that you committed to or decided you know 10-15 years back when you were in a state of lack and survival and scarcity then that doesn't mean you're a bad person and I have really been working a lot in therapy on this because it's something that you know we're taught as As kids and young, young adults, like, you know, be true to your word and you know commit to things and all of that, which I think is good. That is the intention we have to have when we go into things. But we do make decisions with the information that we have available to us at that point. And when we have different information, the decisions might be different. And so that's something that you will have to come to terms with as you're doing this. Like as you are clearing, as you are putting out the fire and then clearing the smoke out of the room you might realize you're in the wrong room. You might realize you've done things in your past that have led you to a situation that isn't the situation you need to be in anymore. And maybe that's the freaking anxiety. Like maybe that's what our anxiety is doing and telling us. So I think this is something that I'm still like coming to terms with and processing and understanding. But I wanted to bring it to you because I just was looking at these videos and it was such a... You know how sometimes you see something and then all of a sudden it's like a bunch of things click behind it. That was, it's like retroactive dominoes, (laughs) you know, like you see something and then you're like, oh, that's the end of the line of the dominoes. And so that's what happened to me when I was looking at these videos. I'm like, what the heck? I can see, I was standing next to, um, I was standing next to someone that I could see in the videos and I was like, oh my gosh, he's way, way, way up there. And I was up there and I was fine. And it was just such a crazy moment for me to see it because again, I was up front and I couldn't see behind me. And so um, it was just one of those things that started me on this train of thought. And now I just can't stop thinking about it. I really feel like that is something that's helpful for us is to just have a higher state of excitement and a higher state of joy. And that can clear out some of the generalized anxiety. And then when we have specific anxieties, maybe there's something going on there maybe and I do want to end this by saying if you are dealing with any kind of phobia or any kind of thing where you know you're experiencing like oh I don't want to do this and it's something that is safe for you and it is a good situation and you're still feeling anxiety around it that is something to talk to your doctor about that is something to address in therapy so I'm not saying that anytime you feel anxiety after you've done this you know you're in a bad situation and run out of the room use your critical thinking, understand where you are, understand that you're still going to have triggers and phobias and things that pop up that don't necessarily mean that you're in a bad situation. So I do want to clarify that and just make sure that you understand that as you are approaching this. Um, But I thought it was a really interesting uh, thought exercise nonetheless. So I wanted to bring it to you. I love you guys so much. I hope you're having a great day when you're listening to this and we'll talk next week.